Still 4 million people without power in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy. And with most of Lower Manhattan without power, gun violence, looting, fistfights, and chaos still in place across much of New York City, sounds like the perfect environment for a marathon. It's November 2nd, 2012. Here we go. He's been shunned by commercial radio. Unable to be bought and paid for by corporate America. And running on the fossil fuel of common sense. For those of us that choose to live dangerously in the radical middle, welcome to the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. Friday, and we are just four days away from the election. Mercifully, I can finally get away from all these campaign ads. I don't have to put up with it anymore. Hopefully, I can walk down the street without seeing another Kirsten Cinema or Vernon Parker or Richard Carmona sign all the local races here in the Phoenix area. See, see and hear all these proposition ads. I haven't even gone over my ballot yet to go over all the propositions. I don't even have all that memorized or figured out yet. Who knows? So much stuff to talk about. Obviously, the aftermath from Superstorm Sandy, as they call it, which, by the way, is still an area of low pressure as of uh, this Friday morning, sitting across uh, Quebec at this hour. Still spinning up some rain showers, some wind. And they are expecting some very cold temperatures across uh, the northeast U.S. the next couple of days. Uh, cool nights and still with around 4 million people without power, that's going to make things uh, a little bit uncomfortable. Lots of stuff happening, including we had a, an oil spill in New Jersey the other day. Uh, several, let's see, tens of thousands of gallons of oil were spilled and uh, that could po potentially create an environmental disaster. You have many gas stations. 75% of the gas stations in the state of New Jersey still do not have gas. And people are going there. They're drawing guns on each other. Now, New Jersey State Police on scene in many gas stations to make sure that things don't get out of hand, to make sure that there aren't more incidents that occur. So the situation is obviously still not under control. But the good news is President Obama is handling it perfectly. He's campaigning all across the country because right now getting the vote is by far the most important thing out there. Tells you what politicians are all about when push comes to shove. Hey, look, I got an election in four days. Uh, you know, you guys are still going to probably be without power in four days. I'll get back to it once we figure out, uh, you know, the results of the election. Oh, and if the election doesn't go my way, hey, it's not really my problem. Then we could put it on Mitt Romney. Did you see this too? Mitt Romney was doing a, a campaign stop and a um, like a can drive somewhere in Ohio. He was, uh, he got, he I guess... The story is he supposedly, uh, he spent 5000 bucks to get a bunch of cans for uh, relief efforts for those people that were affected by the storm. And, you know, even in Ohio, there was uh, lots of power outages, lots of snow, lots of rain. And so that's part of the wide, I mean, at one point we were talking over 7 million people without, without power. So they got a whole bunch of uh, canned goods from Walmart and of course, I turn on liberal talk radio because I, I just have to see what's going on. I, you know, I listen to both conservative and liberal talk radio because I like to torture myself. I do. 
And I guess they're criticizing Mitt Romney for actually spending money out of his own pocket to pick up some canned goods from Walmart. Now, I know they say, well, they weren't asking for canned goods and they weren't asking for non-perishable food items. They were asking for toiletries and for other... Look, um, the guy actually did something good. I, I hear how Mitt Romney is, you know, this evil um, businessman, this shrewd jackass of a business guy. And, you know, a lot of that stuff, eh, some of it probably is true. And then he actually does something good. And, um, oh, I, I guess that's frowned upon, too. You know, partisan politics is very, very dangerous. And I'll say this, it happens on the other side, too. You know, uh, President Obama, there's no way in the eyes of a conservative Republican, there's no way that President Obama could ever do any good. And there's no way in the eyes of the of the liberals out there, be it the talking heads on TV or the or the bloviating liberal mouths on liberal talk radio that Mitt Romney could ever do anything good. Once again, though, emphasizing the point that why vote for either of those two? Uh, really, because it's it's pointless. And uh, so Mitt Romney did actually do something. And I want to I want to actually uh, at least give some kudos to that. I know that it's widely criticized by many on the left, but I will say that uh, at least, hey, look, five thousand dollars. You could say, hey, he's got billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars uh, five thousand bucks doesn't seem like that much. Hey, at least it's something. How much did President Obama donate? Incidentally, there's going to be a fundraiser tonight. Uh, the the networks, I, I, at least NBC, as far as I know, uh, NBC is doing a big fundraiser tonight for Superstorm Sandy relief efforts. They're putting on some kind of um, like a drive of some sort. I don't know. There's going to be music and entertainment, sort of what they did following Hurricane Katrina and not too dissimilar to kind of the efforts following the Haitian earthquake of a couple of years ago. They're going to, uh, I guess, have a big production on NBC. I think that's tonight between 8 and 9 p.m. Eastern time. And then uh, replayed tape delayed uh, for those of us on the West Coast. I guess we'll have to see that tonight and see how that plays out. And I wonder, and this is just me being very, very cynical in the midst of sort of a crisis situation. I really wonder how much of that money that gets raised actually goes to the victims of the storm. You have people whose homes were destroyed in a big fire that raged and uh, on top of the water. The power was out. Fire broke out in some of these homes. 80 homes burned. Then you had, obviously, the flooding of the subway tunnels, which I, th- I guess they've managed to get most of the water out of those tunnels. And then... There was flooding in places like New Jersey and Long Island and uh, parts of lower Manhattan were flooded. And so there's a lot of storm damage uh, there and even in Pennsylvania and uh, across, um, well, across much of the Northeast, really. There's there's da- scattered damage outside of New York, New Jersey area. So I'm just wondering uh, how much of that money is going to wind up going to the families and to the victims uh, from the storm? It's a legitimate question because we know that what happened in Hurricane Katrina, we know that some of the money got skimmed off the top there. And there was uh, many reports of improprieties and, um, well, some felonious activity with some of that money. So I'm wondering how much of this money goes to the and not just the money that's raised by NBC, but just in general, how much of the money gets handled. And um, uh, this is going to be a very interesting situation. And there are people that are wondering right now, where is the FEMA relief? We heard about it post-Katrina and everybody slammed the Bush administration for a slow response. And now people in New York are wondering the same thing. And uh, New Jersey and Long Island and, on you know, for example, in Staten Island, you have people, you have people that are dumpster diving for food in parts of New York. You have people that are going to be without power for days and even weeks to come in parts of Pennsylvania, in uh, the suburbs or the outskirts of major cities or in rural areas. Uh, Those will be the places that will be in the dark for the longest or the rural areas. So I'm asking, how long are some of those people going to be without power, without uh, utility services? Uh, And how, how long will it take for them to get relief how long will it take for them to have their uh, the money or the appropriate 
supplies to have their homes taken care of. How long is that going to take? Because that was a big concern following Hurricane Katrina. And I just wonder how President Obama is going to handle it. Right now, people are calling into question the president's response. And I think that that's only fair. If we're going to criticize one president, we should probably criticize the other. It was an embarrassment watching the FEMA response following Hurricane Katrina. No question about it. Big embarrassment. I sat here and said it. And it wasn't just uh, the federal response either. It was the local response. Remember good old uh, Ray Nagin, the mayor of New Orleans, who had the opportunity to evacuate tons and tons of people from the city. He had buses that were just waiting to evacuate people. He chose not to use them. You had the governor of the state of Louisiana who chose not to do anything there were so many people that just sat on their hands and they were, well, we're just not sure. Look, this, you, you, they knew the storm was going to hit and they did nothing. And now we, in this particular situation, listen, this storm was terrible. This storm was a, it was a bad storm. Um, it was not the worst in history, but it certainly was a bad storm. And it did a lot of damage. And it killed, well, it killed quite a few people. The death toll is uh, in the United States, the U.S. death toll from this storm. I don't know. I, maybe this is the actual, the, the total uh, death toll from this storm. 65 people killed by this damn thing. So that's still significant. That is still a bad storm. I don't care where it is. I don't care if, a, look, I know we read about storms that hit uh, Southeast India or whatever, and they kill hundreds or thousands of people. But you know, in the U.S., when you're talking about with a sophisticated, you know, an industrialized nation that has the ability to warn its people of an incoming storm and we have all the evacuation routes and all this, still for 60-something people to die tells you the severity of a storm like this on, a, on the civilized world, as it were. That should tell you something. This was a, a significant storm system. No question about it. You know, we made jokes on the air about it because I'm not, I wasn't going to buy into this. We've never seen a storm like this before because we have, but that doesn't make what happened any less significant. The fact that it happened to New York, of course, makes people think it's more significant than it really is. Nevertheless, there are people without power, 4 million people without power. There are people that are unable to get gas for their vehicles. And the people that are able to get gas, these gas stations, of course, have taken the opportunity. They've jacked up prices. There are places that are selling gas $10 a gallon across parts of Pennsylvania. Um, my brother came in and told me uh, this interesting tidbit the other day that uh, there's major panic going on in Pennsylvania because the liquor stores were closed. All the liquor stores across the state were closed because many of the liquor stores, as, I, as I'm told, are state-run. So they, they closed the state-run liquor stores across Pennsylvania. So I could see how that could be a, a source of panic. So there's lots and lots of repercussions from this storm. And this is not going to be something that just gets swept out of the way in the next couple of weeks. Even if there was minor damage, we know the media would carry on about this for weeks and weeks because it's New York and, you know, it's the perceived most important city in the history of mankind. But since there's actual somewhat substantial damage that took place, uh, this is not a story that's going to go away anytime soon. There's going to be fundraisers. There's going to be charity events. There's going to be drives. And there should be. But once again, then we go back to the question, where does that money wind up going? And how much of that money gets to the right people? How much does the government take off the top? So I mention all of this, and I, I want to just put all this in context. So we now we have a fire that burned down homes. We have firefighters that were in waist-high water battling a fire in the middle of this storm on Monday or on Tuesday and Wednesday. Then you have people dumpster diving to get food across New York and Staten Island. You have fights breaking out. You have guns being drawn. You have all this strife going on across the greater New York area. And you know what they're going to be doing on Sunday? Well, the same thing they do the first weekend in November every year in New York City. They're going to run the New York City Marathon just blocks away from where all of the devastation goes on. The parts of, of New York City that are still relatively fine, everything's kind of okay. They're going to still run the New York City Marathon, the big 26-mile stretch, and... Um, and that's still going to go on as scheduled. Nobody is stopping that. And you know what it means. Some people go, well, Mike, life must go on. And 
I'm one of the people that usually says something like that. However, you have to understand that when you run a marathon, first of all, <laughs> the amount of resources, the police and fire that are needed to make sure that the marathon goes okay and that there's no security problems and mo most importantly, to make sure that people don't drop dead in the middle of the marathon. So the first responders, the EMT types that should be out there taking care of people that are injured, that are sick, that, you know, making sure that people aren't just dying in the streets as they have been doing over the last few days. Um, all of those people that should be devoted to covering the, the storm and the, the real problem out there. Yeah, they're going to bring in a lot of people to take care of this uh, marathon that's going on. That is still a priority. And everyone is going to praise this Mayor Bloomberg, the same guy who he just, I, I can't tell you what a disaster this Mayor Bloomberg is. But they're still saying, oh, no, we're going to run this marathon. We're still going ahead with the New York City Marathon. That's fine. Run, run, run. I'll tell you what, I would really not recommend it. Not a good idea. Not good PR for New York City. Well, we have people come from all over the country to run in the New York Marathon. Well, how about you just postpone it a little while? I know it gets kind of cold in New York City later on in the winter, but you know maybe you might want to you might want to tone this down for a little while. Um, as I understand, it's going to be cold anyway, and you know probably there's going to be some puddles to dodge, maybe even a dead body or two. So you know maybe it would probably be best for the city and for civility and humanity that you just decide. You know, maybe we just postpone this thing or maybe we just decide to cancel it this year in light of the circumstances. I understand that the death and destruction that's gone on is a big inconvenience for all these people that train for the marathon or people that just want to participate in this. And I know it's a big revenue generator for the city. I understand all of that. But maybe you just postpone it, especially given that the route of this marathon runs not too far away. We're not talking hundreds of miles away now. We're talking just blocks away from where this big marathon event is going on. There's buildings that are destroyed. There's people that were killed or people that were injured or there's destruction. There's flooding still just, just blocks away from where this marathon is going on. And in a city that has been crippled by all of this and you're, you're taking first responders out and you're having them uh, along the marathon route. And I know it's only for a few hours, but those are, those are a few hours that you could be helping people. I don't know. Uh, if we're going to just run it in a dilapidated city, why not just run the damn marathon in Detroit? Might as well just do it there. Cleveland. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, you know, I'm I, I'm making too much sense here, obviously. Um, you know, I don't know. All right. Well, that's the big news of the of the week. Obviously, Superstorm Sandy and the aftermath and all the cleanup. And um, it's going to be cold this weekend, and they're actually expecting more precipitation, more wind and rain, uh, middle and latter portions of next week. So it could make restoring power and getting all the utility lines and uh, getting the cleanup efforts going that much more difficult with all of the expected inclement weather coming later next week. Because, of course, we are in the middle of fall here. And these kinds of storm systems get colder and colder as we head on into the later months of the year. And that's going to make all the efforts that much more difficult. Shifting our attention from one disaster to another. And no, I'm not talking about the fact that the Arizona Cardinals were on Monday Night Football earlier this week. Um, no, well, I'll, I'll get to that. Don't worry about it. I'll address that. <laughs> Man, what a joke. But the, the election... The big election just four days away. Mercifully, next Tuesday, we will be going into the polls, finally pushing the buttons, pulling the lever, drawing the line, punching the chad, whatever it is you do in your local jurisdiction. Those of us here in the U.S. will be casting our votes in our local, state, and federal elections. And a new president or a, the same president, whatever, the election will finally be over. The, the political ads will be behind us. Nobody will be happier about that than me. And I won't have to talk about it. I'll have to talk about the aftermath of the election for a while. 
And look, either way, I'm going to be disappointed because I'm not under the delusion of grandeur that some people have. I got an instant message from a guy, from a listener uh, the other day who somehow seems to think that, um, you know, there's a chance that there could be just some sort of weird shift in in the in the stars or something and that you know the libertarians and, and listen I, i'm all for gary johnson i'm voting for the guy and i i stump for him on this show i've contributed to his campaign now uh, there's there's nothing you can you know uh say or do about it though the fact is we're just hoping to get five percent for the libertarians all right we're just hoping to get five percent for gary johnson if we do that means that uh, Gary Johnson, the Libertarian Party, will get a cut of federal campaign funds in the next election and in all elections to come, as long as you get 5%. So um, I'm, I'm not under the delusion that this guy had that, you know, they're going to somehow pull out 10 or 12% or something like that out of their ass. Uh, that's not going to happen. I don't think uh, there'd be, have to be some kind of There'd have to be something else that other than just Superstorm Sandy that would have to come along to make that happen. But even even 5% would certainly satisfy me at this point. And you build on that in the next election and you just keep building on that until you eventually uh, become a serious contender. And you, you take the White House and you start taking uh, lower uh, lower offices as well. But I'm, I'm getting off topic here. I just want to say that that did have, you know, this, this guy messages me out of the blue the other day. And listen, there's no question I'm going to be disappointed regardless of the result, whether it's Obama or Romney. But I'm just going to be so happy to stop talking about this nonsense. I really am. Uh, I do have the latest polls. I have the latest Rasmussen poll, which no surprise shows Romney is ahead 50 to 47. I have the I have some other polls. I have CBS News poll here. Um, I don't even know what poll this is that I have uh, that shows uh, it's a it's a complete dead heat tie, forty eight percent each. Uh, they even break it down to precise, like within hundredths of a percentage point, forty eight point five six to forty eight point four nine for Mitt Romney. It's really that close. I think this election. Some people say it's not going to be that close. Some people really think that the swing states have started to go in favor of Mitt Romney. I'm not I'm not so sure. I don't know. I really think that it had Mitt Romney run a better campaign, this wouldn't even be close. He would be exploiting the fact that the president cannot turn the economy around. He would be exploiting the fact that our foreign policy is terrible and utilizing uh, Benghazi as a shining example of the president's failed foreign policy and just keep hammering. I would actually probably just do nothing but hammer the economy. In poll after poll, that is what the American people, number one, it is their number one concern in every poll, and it's more than two to one, their number one concern in every poll is the economy because the economy affects everybody. Benghazi doesn't affect everybody. This is what people don't understand. You know, you'd think that something like the Benghazi incident and the fact that the president may have lied, probably did lie, but there, who knows how deep the cover-up and how big the lie really is, you would think that that would spark a lot more attention in the American people. But quite frankly, they don't care right now. If unemployment were really low and the economy were just firing on all cylinders as it was about six, seven years ago, yes, it would be a huge deal and people would be persecuting the president over it. But right now, people are just concerned about getting food on the table, getting a spoonful of grub into their mouths. That's what the number one concern for the American people is. Again, it's by two to one in every poll that you look at. So with that in mind, if I were uh, Mitt Romney, I would have just been hammering that point home the entire time. An incumbent president with this kind of economy would never or historically does not win. We've talked about it on this show many times. Historically, the incumbent president that is looking at these kind of economic numbers that we have right now, and they're bad. They're still bad. The jobs numbers are out. And the unemployment rate is still 7.9%. And again, you know that number really means it's about 10%, especially right now. It's probably even higher than that. So with these kind of numbers being what they are, you would think 
that it would be a runaway for Mitt Romney. But that just tells you how people don't really like Mitt Romney either. They don't like and they don't trust the guy, but they really don't like Obama either. I, I, I still say I, I, I'm just perplexed by this country. I'm perplexed at this binary wave that we have to vote for a Republican. We have to vote for a Democrat. Well, this is what you get. You get a choice between two people you don't like. I don't know how much longer I can really belabor that point. Uh, oh, I'm looking at some other stuff here as well. I don't know when people put out these lists of swing states and everyone is debating the, the issue of swing states. And people put Minnesota into the swing state category. I got to tell you, I, I couldn't disagree more. Now, I could, if, if Minnesota were to somehow go to Mitt Romney, I would be shocked. And that is a word that is used way too often in general vocabulary, the lexicon of the general public. I would very much legitimately be shocked if Minnesota went to Mitt Romney. There are polls that have Mitt Romney within the margin of error or within about five points in Minnesota, but I really don't see it happening. There is really almost no way. I know that Mitt Romney, I think Mitt Romney did a, yeah, he did a campaign stop in the Twin Cities, but I do not see a possibility for Mitt Romney to take Minnesota. That is a, in 1984, Minnesota went for Walter Mondale. It was the only state in the union that did not go for Ronald Reagan. You cannot tell me that given that if they voted for Walter Mondale, do you really think that they're going to go for Mitt Romney? I know that Romney, he went there, so he must think that he at least has a snowball's chance, but I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think so. I would again, legitimately be shocked if Minnesota went to Mitt Romney. The other states, though, Ohio, certainly. Uh, that could go. Colorado, maybe. Well, I would actually say there's a good chance. Nevada, mm, that's, that's definitely favoring Obama. I don't know. That's hard to say. Florida could go either way. I think Florida goes to Mitt Romney, though. Pennsylvania, I'm not so sure. Maybe. Maybe. And you know, if Pennsylvania goes to Mitt Romney, the Democrats, the liberals are going to just have a fit there. I will hear nothing but on liberal talk radio for months and months. People will say, this is just more proof that the Republicans suppress the vote. They can never just accept losing an election. It's all every time they lose. They can't believe that somebody would reject their ideas and their opinions. This is obviously uh, shenanigans on the part of Republicans, and they suppressed the vote and the minority vote, the black vote. Yeah, there was uh, disenfranchisement of voting. That's what they do every time they lose. That's that was that's their attitude. I can't believe that people would vote for Republicans. Now, I generally couldn't believe that people would vote for Republicans either. But then again, I can't believe that people would vote for Democrats. So, you know, hey. Although I do plan, I think I am going to vote for a Democrat in, um, in at least one of our offices in the state here. I won't say what office or who that is right now. I'll just leave that up for a little tease that there is indeed. Michael Groff is actually going to vote for a Democrat for an office. I know. It's pretty unusual. I vote for a few Republicans. I will occasionally vote for a Democrat. Most of the time, I vote for the independent or libertarian candidate. But see, unlike most people, I vote for the best candidate, the one I think is the best for the job. Now, that separates me from a lot of people in this country. But the other thing is, is then when I do vote for somebody and they screw up like this Tom Horn, the attorney general of the uh, state of Arizona, when I vote for somebody that uh, I regret later, I will tell you that I regretted that decision and I will, um, I will not make that choice. I will not make that mistake again. I can tell you that. Okay. Well, I've got to take a break before we go any further with any of this. Uh, I do have a lot of other stuff to get into on the program today. The Michael Groff Show stupid news file is overflowing. It has just been nonstop with that lately. And what else? Oh, the pop chart. Of course, it's Friday. We have to take a look at the pop chart, our weekly torturing of the ears to see what the big music, the big tunes in pop music happen to be for the week, and so much more. Mike at KMGX.com. Email Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Groff Show on Google Talk. I got too strong 
Also, Michael Groff on Twitter and the one and only MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. You can post comments over there on any of our shows. Check out the latest podcasts or listen to previous editions. We go back a couple of years in there. Have no problem with any of that. While you're at michaelgroff.com, you know that you can always make a donation to this fine program. We always encourage that. So much money going to campaigns and charity events. You don't even know exactly where that money goes. I guarantee you the money that you donate to this program goes to me. It goes to this program, the betterment of this program. I have new equipment that I desperately need around here. A brand new mic processor uh, is probably in the offing. Um, So, among other things in here. Uh, We're pretty good on on some stuff. We definitely could use some of that. So, um, and you know, the holidays are coming up. So, why not? Why not make a donation to a program that has given you so much joy and entertainment over the years? The one and only MichaelGroff.com. All right. It's all there. Take a break. Be back. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. tell you I will be so happy when this election is over for yet another reason I just saw I have a virus an antivirus program all right and it just flashes up that even the antivirus program is doing a survey just did a a little message on my uh, screen here saying that my virus program has been updated and then it shows uh, it has a a little thing uh, Romney or Obama and then it has a survey you can click on you can take a survey this is my friggin antivirus program listen just make sure that my computer stays free of viruses I don't in fact Romney Obama they're both viruses why even I don't know what I like is even the antivirus program is beholden to just the Republican and Democrat parties I'm thinking about uninstalling this particular antivirus program and trying something else because if that's... (laughs) I don't care. I don't want an antivirus program getting political on me, okay? Just just clean viruses. Just make sure spyware, malware, viruses, they all stay off my computer. All right, we're back. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email and PayPal address for your generous contributions to this program. Groff Show on Google Talk. Michael Groff Show on AOL Instant Messenger. Michael Groff, the handle on Twitter. And for anything else, Michael Groff related, the one and only MichaelGroff.com. All right, some fairly uh, significant stuff still going on. Oh, I I should pass this along to you. This just sort of came in. Uh, I don't know, we, do we have our breaking news sounder or anything like that? Because this is uh, actually just in to the Michael Groff Show News Center. Uh, let's see, here. All right, this just in. Apparently, the New York City Marathon has been canceled, ladies and gentlemen. Now, wait a second. New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg says that they're going to cancel the marathon because... Well, because of overwhelming pressure, says that he doesn't want a cloud to hang over the participants. And therefore, um, given the circumstances, they're going to go ahead and cancel it. How about you shouldn't have had it in the first place? And how about you're canceling it because it's the right thing to do? Not because you feel that uh, you're, you're giving in to the pressure, you're caving to the public pressure, and because you don't want a cloud to hang over the event. 
Yeah, the cloud that hangs over the event where people are running along and go, oh, I just ran past that dead body. I must be at mile marker 10 now. How about you shouldn't have done it in the first place? And I know somebody's going to write to me and say, well, Mike, you're on his case because he was doing it. Now you're on his case because the event's being canceled. I mean, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, I, I say the only reason is if he had just come out and said, you know what? I was wrong. We shouldn't really be having this event right now. I really, I admit, you know, I got a little carried away there. You know, I'm going to go ahead and cancel this event because it's the right thing to do. Not because, oh, the public pressure and, oh, I don't want a cloud of doubt to hang over. No, not any of that crap. Just say, I was wrong. I would love a politician on any level, anywhere to just come out and say, you know what, man? I was wrong. Really goofed up that decision. And uh, look, maybe I'm just expecting too much. The point is, ultimately, the right decision is being made. Uh, the event is being canceled. And that's all that really matters here. So no New York Marathon this Sunday. And I don't know. They say it's canceled. So I don't know. Uh, that's not postponed. That is canceled altogether. So I guess they're not going to run it at all this year or schedule a, uh, a date where they're going to have it later on. Who knows? It could take a long time for all this damage to be cleaned up and for people's lives to be put back together. Again, when you have gas rationing going on, you have people that are defecating in apartments because they can't get out. There's video of just all sorts of craziness that's going on, disturbing videos. Uh, you have fights, people drawing guns on each other. In some cases, uh, flat-out chaos. In other cases, people are waiting in line six hours to get gas. Uh, some people are really being unified, and there are there are communities that are coming together and helping each other. So it's not like it's all bad stuff coming out of this storm and coming out of this incident. But there are a lot of... Well, there, there's a lot of bad, too. So it's... Um, it's certainly not a climate in which there should have ever even been consideration of a marathon or anything of the sort. So a couple other things here I just want to mention. Utility crews were turned away by, uh, by uh, utility workers in New Jersey because uh, they brought in a lot of help. A lot of help came in from other states like Alabama, Virginia, even here in Arizona. We're sending crews out there. But in New Jersey, they were turned away initially because they're not union workers. People are coming to offer their help. And the local power uh, workers union in, New, in uh, New Jersey says, nope, we don't need your help. We don't want your help. You're not union. Sorry. It's a disaster, folks. It's a disaster. Let them in. Let them help. Uh, although in other parts of the area, in New York City, in uh, on Staten Island, and other places hard hit by the storm, um, utility workers from all around the country still are going to go. They don't really care at this point if they're union or not. People, Some people just want help. Other people still want to play politics in the middle of a storm. Simply remarkable. All right, turning our attention towards some other news items here internationally from Afghanistan. This is yet another reason. We'll just file this under reason number 10,317, why we shouldn't be in Afghanistan anymore. A man wearing an Afghan police uniform killed two NATO troops in southern Afghanistan on Thursday. The International Military Alliance said the assault appeared to be the latest in a string of insider attacks that have threatened to sever the partnership between international troops and the Afghan forces. A statement from NATO gave no further details, saying that the shooting is still under investigation. Afghan officials said that there was an attack in Helmand province's Nari Saraj district, but also could not confirm any details. Quote, we know that there are casualties, according to Ismail Hatuk, the director of the provincial office that coordinates with the international forces. But the British and American militaries have large contingencies in Helmand. At least 53 international troops have been killed in attacks by Afghan soldiers or police this year, and a number of other assaults are still under investigation, the International Alliance has said. So what's happening now is the terrorists, they're just disguising themselves as police as Afghan forces that were training. 
And that's how they're getting around all this. They're saying, all right, we're just going to, we can't, we don't have the numbers to go and just keep uh, running wave after wave of us at you. So now we're going to infiltrate your forces. That's pretty scary. And once again, demonstrating why we shouldn't be there and why we should immediately just get the hell out of there and uh, cut our losses and say, all right, look, um, it's been 11 years. We haven't, we haven't exactly driven out terrorism from Afghanistan. <clears throat> this is where it ends. This is it. Enough is enough. Meanwhile, back on the home front, police in the southeast Missouri town of Cape Girardeau say that two men accused of driving into a group of joggers likened it to playing a video game. Three joggers suffered bumps and bruises Sunday morning when they were struck by a car. Police believe it was intentional. The suspect's 19-year-old Vincent Anderson of Little Rock and 27-year-old Marcus Jones of Cotton Plant, Arkansas, are being uh, jailed. Uh, police say that Anderson was driving a 1994 Ford Thunderbird that was reported stolen moments before the joggers were struck. The Southeastern Missourian reports that uh, according to a probable cause statement, cell phone videos found that the suspects um, indicated that they thought the experience was, quote, fun and likened it to the video game Grand Theft Auto. So they stole a car and then used it to slam into a bunch of people. Yeah, I'm going to go steal that car just like that video game Grand Theft Auto. I'll tell you what, boy. So that was uh, that's a big idea. Good stuff. Can we just institute the death penalty? I'm I'm kind of like been leaning against the death penalty now for a couple of years. These people shouldn't be in the gene pool. They probably were inbred anyway, the, based on their actions. So they really shouldn't be here. So why not just, just get rid of those guys and uh, and that should about do it. Oh, and I want to announce very quickly, this is just a, a very, I don't want to make a, a big deal about it or get into it too heavy, but I am retiring from this podcast as of right this moment. And the reason for that is because I'm going to become a treasure hunter. Uh, this is a story. This is, this is my calling. This is my ticket out of, well, this is my ticket into, uh, yeah, into retirement at uh, the age of 34. Uh, check it out. A vessel with a nine-person crew and 700 tons of gold ore on board has disappeared in stormy seas off Russia's Pacific coast. The ship sent a distress call on Sunday as it was sailing from the coastal town of Neran to Feklastov Island. The vessel, hired by mining company Polymetal, was carrying 700 tons of gold ore from one deposit to another where it was to be processed. Gold ore, of course, is the material from which gold is extracted and contains only a small percentage of the precious metal. I don't care what the percentage is that's in there. How much gold is, is in that gold ore? I'm sure it's still tens of millions of dollars worth minimally. So I'd only be so happy to take it off their hands. I'll even enlist some people from the audience or whoever wants to come along and look for it with me. Um, I'm not going to say the more the merrier because that means more people would have to share it and I'm not really all about that. But, you know, I'll take a few of you. We could come along. We could go and look for, um, we could look for some of this, uh, some of this gold together. It'd be a great bonding experience. Why not? Of course, then we would have to probably fight the Russians who are looking for their lost 700 tons of gold. And I don't know if that's really such a good idea. I think maybe we should just rethink this retirement thing after all. Probably not worth it. Probably not. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, I've got to take a break. And when we come back, we have a lot of other stuff still to get to. The Michael Graff Show stupid news file. Also have to take a look at the pop chart and anything else I can come up with. Any just sort of random tidbits. You know that we'll get it to you. It's the zip code famous Michael Graff Show. We'll be back. Listening to the Zip Code Famous. Zip Code Famous. Michael Graff Show. MichaelGraff.com.
Ocean says my bread is molded. I got a good job at the dollar store. One foot in the hole, one foot getting people with a broken mirror and a blown out speaker. And I ain't got much else to lose. I'm faded, flat busted, been jaded, I've been dusted. I know that I've seen better days. One foot in the hole, one foot getting deeper. Crank a 211, blowing other speaker ends. I ain't got, I ain't got much to lose. Wrenching my back. I, I I can tell I'm getting old because I go to stretch now and I hurt my back. This is becoming a regular thing for me. And before you say, Mike, you just need more exercise. Hey, listen, I'm I'm doing my walking. I do a lot of stretches. I'm getting out there, man. I'm I am the picture of health. I would suggest maybe changing the aperture, the exposure, and uh, a few of the other settings on the picture of health. But all right, welcome back. It's the zip code famous Michael Grav show. Mike at KMGX.com, our email and PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this program. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Grav show. If you have Google Talk, you can message us over there. Uh, Grav show. Yes, Groff Show, the screen name. And uh, Michael Groff, the handle on Twitter. Of course, for everything and anything that could possibly be Michael Groff related, you know you can always go to the one and only michaelgroff.com. You can always post your feedback on this or any other podcast of ours that's there. You can make a donation to this here fine program and so much more. The one, the only, michaelgroff.com. Certainly do appreciate you checking us out. All right. Now, from the Michael Grav Show stupid news file, meet Miss Pussy Galore, Honey Rider, Solitaire, Plenty O'Toole, Mayday, Xenia, Onatop, Holly, Goodhead, Tiffany Case, Kissy, Suzuki, Mary, Goodnight, Jinx, Johnson, Octopussy, Domino, Money Penny. She's a 28-year-old woman formerly known as Emma Louise Hodges. She decided that it was time to make her Bond girl aspirations come true and change her name to include many of the most prominent Bond girls. She plans on going by Miss Moneypenny for short, even though that's actually not a Bond girl. But um, she says, quote, I've always thought how great it would be to be a Bond girl. And now I am. Uh, let me just go ahead and presume right now. Uh, this woman probably is uh, either completely psycho and or completely unattractive. Probably about a one on the one to ten scale. Um, probably looks like Susan Boyle. I'm just going to go ahead and guess. Anybody that's that crazy and needs that kind of attention obviously has some kind of problem. Some, some kind of issue, don't you think? Um, homelier than anything. I don't know. All right, and then this for you. A 94-year-old Alabama woman died after being injured when her wheelchair rolled down a hill and landed in a ditch full of water. A relative says Elizabeth Street died at a hospital in Decatur on Saturday, three days after she was hurt. The woman's son-in-law, Wallace Everett, says Street developed pneumonia after the accident, but a cause of death hasn't been determined. Maybe the cause of death is that she was 94 friggin' years old. He says that she also suffered from congestive heart failure. Decatur Fire Chief Darwin Clark says, uh, told the Decatur Daily that the accident occurred during a fire drill at Country Cottage Assisted Living. They had a fire drill and they took everybody outside. And I guess they left this woman slightly unattended for a moment, just long enough for her to roll down a hill to her death. Oh, yeah. No, oh, there's there's a lawsuit here. Authorities received a call about a woman falling into a ditch full of water. A caregiver told emergency workers that she went outside to discover that the woman's wheelchair had rolled down a hill and into the ditch. Quote, our objective now is to better understand what happened, why this happened and what can be done to prevent it in the future. Uh, how about actually paying attention to where people go during the fire drill? 
or where you put somebody in a wheelchair. They're in a wheelchair. They're not, it's not like they're getting up and walking away. They're not wheeling away on their, this woman, you probably, here's what happened. You let her outside during the fire drill. You forgot that she was there and, uh, you know, things on wheels as they tend to do roll. Then they roll downhill and she died. Street was placed in the country cottage assistant living home after breaking her hip in October 2011. I'm guessing this woman's family probably feels just a little bit guilty right about now. Like you put her in a home and sure enough, it, of course, they're negligent. And, you know, grandma dies because <laughs> you, had to, you had to put her in the home. You couldn't just take care of her. All right. Hey, listen, I understand. I get it. from one awful thing to the next. Oh, well, every week we do it. Here we go. It's time to take a look at the top 10 songs in the world of pop music. Yeah. The top 10 most played songs on radio stations, on top 40 radio stations, more specifically across the country. We do this every week. I don't know why exactly. But I guess for the sake of tradition, we might as well just keep going, forging ahead and doing it, right? Alright, number 10 this week, it's Owl City featuring Carly Ray Jepsen. This is Good Time. This Prince song inside my head Hands up if you're down to get down tonight Oh, this is just a good time Every week I say it, I know you probably get tired of it But it's just putrid, this song Take me anywhere I'm in if you're down to get down tonight It's always a good time Imagine if we all talked like that Imagine if every single syllable was totally enunciated. Just imagine the ramifications of having that. You know, there's being white and then there's being white. And that is just a little bit too ridiculous if you ask me. It's always a good time. have never gotten this far into the song. Oh, that chick really shouldn't say if you're down to get down tonight. I've never gotten this far into the song, so I've never heard that part. You probably think I sit and listen to the entirety of these songs before. I check the integrity of the MP3 to make sure that it's okay. That's it. Like, I don't actually sit here and closely listen to these songs. So I'm always surprised if we ever get this far into a song, I, I, I'm sorry. If we ever get this far into a song, I am always surprised when I hear something that terrible. If you're down to get down tonight, well, at number nine on the chart, it is Neo. Neo is separated by a hyphen. It is N-E hyphen Y-O. Anyway, number nine, Neo with Let Me Love You. Oh, this sounds like it could be very promising. Oh, there he is. I wonder if he is an African-American gentleman. Okay, this is terrible. At number eight, it's Pink with Blow Me One Last Kiss. Just like it, worse, 
number seven, it's Kesha with Die Young. Just look at the Christian chart every week or some other chart other than this because this is just, um, look, this is just putrid. I, I don't know how awful. I don't know. Any other chart would be preferable. I mean, I, at least I know if, if I were to look at the hip hop chart, I, at least I know that's garbage going in. There's never going to be a song on the hip hop chart where I go, oh, this is actually pretty good. All right, at number six, it's a guy that likes to beat women because he's so masculine, so manly, and you can tell by the way he sings. It's Chris Brown with Don't Wake Me Up. Don't wake me up. Only coffee, no sugar. Inside my cup. If I wake and you're here still. Okay, at number five, it's Alex Clare with Too Close. Four, it's fun with some nights. Nights I stay up, cashing in my bad luck. Yeah. Some nights I call it a draw. Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some nights I wish they just fall off. But I still wake up, I still see a ghost. Oh Lord, I'm still not sure what I stand for. I'm, I'm going to go get an Advil or something. While I'm doing that, you guys can check out number three. It's everyone's favorite. It's, it's Justin Bieber with As Long As You Love Me. As Long As You Love Me. You know, I won't subject you to that. I won't get up and leave. I couldn't possibly torture the audience with that. All right, at number two, it's Taylor Swift. With, uh, with We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together or whatever this song. It's the song where she goes, what? That's the only part of this song I really pay attention to. Blah, 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 blah. Something. Blah, 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 blah. What? Then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm gonna change. Trust me, remember how that lasted for a day. I say, I hate you, we break up, you call me, I love you. The number one song for the week. I would uh, I would gladly play the drum roll, but all right, fine. Uh, you people like the drum roll, so I'll do it. Let me see if I can uh, find the drum roll around here. It's it's over here. Hold on. I have to do something. I have to do something special just to get the uh, drum roll to work. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the number one song of the country. It's Maroon 5 with One More Night. Now I do need an Advil. 
It was for my back, and now it's for a searing headache. your fault, America. These songs that you've just heard, this is your fault. These these are the songs that you keep listening to on top 40 radio stations. Well, not necessarily you that are listening to this particular show, because I think most people that listen to this show don't listen to most of these songs. I mean, I know people listen to Maroon 5 and stuff, but I'm guessing that the majority of people that listen to this show don't listen to Neo... Or Owl City Or Kesha Or Chris Brown Actually, if you listen to Chris Brown Chances are I don't want you listening to this show You can go listen to uh, to Woman Beaters uh, You can go listen to some other show If you like Woman Beaters That's all I got to say about that. All right, uh, folks. So I'm I'm basically blaming most of the U.S. for this because, of course, this is a U.S.-based chart. Canadians. I wonder what the. Uh, I wonder if we have a Canadian pop chart around here. Let me see if I can find that. I think I have the Canadian pop chart here. Let me see if we have any of these songs. Let's see if it. Let's see if the chart comes up first of all. I mean, I realize it's in Canada and uh, everything's a little slower in Canada, but there's no reason for the pop for the chart to load this slowly. Gotta load that chart, eh? We're loading all. Yup. Okay, it's up. Oh, sorry, I just have to wait for an ad to finish loading. All right, there we go. All right, I don't think I have any of these songs. All right, number 10 on the Canadian pop chart is Headley Kiss You Inside Out. Never heard of it. Oh, Pink is on there. Blow Me One Last Kiss is number nine. Owl City, number eight. Okay, so Canada, you're just, you're just as bad as we are. Adele Skyfall is number seven. Fun Some Nights, number six. Number five in the Canadian pop chart. Bruno Mars, Locked Out of Heaven. Bruno Mars was apparently on Saturday Night Live and actually did a very good job, I'm told. So, And then number four, uh, Die Young, Kesha. Number three, Rihanna with Diamonds. Number two, Maroon 5, One More Night. And the number one song in Canada. All right, just think about this for a minute. What what do you suppose, given those songs right there, what do you suppose Canadians are buying up and listening to and, and going on about? Uh, by the way, this is uh, this, these are the number one singles in Canada. This is actually based on sales. What do you suppose is number one? Well, if you guessed Gangnam Style, Gangnam Style, whatever, this, this piece of crap. You would be correct because that is, this is the number one song in Canada. It is not the number one song in the U.S., curiously. Actually, it's number 11 on our uh, pop chart. Open Gangnam Style. All right. That's number one in Canada. I wonder if there's a country around the world where the pop chart is actually good. 
I know it's not Germany because they think David Hasselhoff has musical talent. So uh, it's not Germany. Um, I wonder what the UK chart looks like right about now. I'm sure it's just as bad. The Australian chart is probably just as bad or maybe has a couple of subtle twists. You know, each one of those places has their own artist. I'm sure the UK chart has a UK artist or two in there. The Australian chart probably has a couple of Australian artists, but they're all kind of probably the same. I'm guessing that if I really want a good uh, pop chart, I'm going to have to just, well, I'm going to have to invent a time machine. And that's all there is to it. All right, that's it. We're done. Mike at KMGX.com is our email and PayPal address. That is Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. Groff Show on Google Talk. Michael Groff on Twitter. And for anything else that you could possibly imagine... That's Michael Groff related. You can always go to the one, the only MichaelGroff.com. While you're there, you can post on, uh, post your feedback with regard to any of our programs. You can always send us a message. You can always uh, email the show from there. You can uh, donate to this fine program. Really would appreciate that. You can check out the Twitter feed. You can do it all from the portal that is the one and only MichaelGroff.com. I really appreciate you checking us out, listening to this show. We couldn't do it without you. Unless you like Chris Brown, then we could do it without you. All right, we'll see you next time for another edition of this uh, fine program. The Zip Code Famous Michael Grove Show. Have a great night, everybody.